and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 9, Episode 22. I'm Jack. I'm ASD, a.k.a. Major Tom. I don't even know, I don't even know where that's coming from. I feel like I'm, I'm listening to a, a brilliant podcast on the Apollo moon landing, and I feel like this is a ground control to Major Tom situation, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, very, very good. I, I, I don't believe that you've come up with that one yourself. Someone must have... Uh... I absolutely... Um, we're in a bit of a situation at the moment, right? Because all the Premier League's now cancelled or postponed um, due to coronavirus. So we're going to talk about that and whether or not our season's over and what we want to happen uh, later in the show. But first, we're going to talk about Spurs transfers, which is always an interesting topic. Uh, and it always seems to, to split people's opinion about do we spend, do we not? What's the actual issue? But what I'd like to do is go through our top 10, maybe top 15 transfers um, of all time to actually just have a look back to see when did we break our transfer records, who did we spend that money on, and whether or not that signing was a success or not. Yeah. So we, let's start uh, in reverse order. So let's start at number 15, which is one of your favourites, which is Luka Modric. Uh, we signed best, value, best value we've ever, Nin- best deal ever. £19 million. Pound. I mean, that's an absolute steal, isn't it? <laughs> it's unbelievable. And how much did we sell him for? Uh, what it was? What about forty million? Was it something like that? Unbelievable! Um, Unbelievable! Now you you love Luka Modric, so why why would you class this transfer as a successful one for Spurs? So what you've got to get from a successful transfer, right? You've got to get value for your money. I like instant impact, um, and you've got and ideally you either rinse, you either get his career out of the the man, or you get your value for your money. Um, and this was a brilliant one because he, he 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 was brilliant. He's the best player I've ever seen play for Tottenham. I think in terms of just pure quality, isn't it? That, that's that's such a big statement to say that you know that he's the best player you've seen play for Tottenham. You know, like that that that's incredible. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to realise I've been going now for you know ten, twelve years, yeah. and the side as it is now, with I mean, the, the other the other one would be Kane, right? In terms of just out and out quality, and he might actually be the best, but Modric was the one that I loved the most. Yeah. Um, and the team ten or twelve years ago wasn't as good as it is now, frankly, and so. It, I haven't seen that many great players in, in when you think of historically great players, but he was a real turning point for us. And you've got to think when when we did so well in the Champions League, uh, what was it, 11, 12 or 10, 11, whatever it was, it, it was all based on we had a few players doing everything. You had Modric, Bale, Van der Vaart. Lennon and Crouch and Defoe. They were the that was the squad. Maybe yeah. Pav you might put him in there. But even Pav was Pav was a very functional player, right? Everyone else was very functional. It wasn't like everyone was a superstar, everyone was doing everything. It was and Modric was the heart of that. And I think he's he's I, I mean I could talk about him for ages. He's just a play he's just my type of player, the player who makes everyone else better around him and, and forces things to happen. I just loved him. He yeah, always, he's, always, he's always struck me as somebody that like he's a player's player, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like anybody that would have played alongside him or on a team of him, he would have just been a, a real pleasure to have played alongside. So that's Luca Monte. And how, how would you rate that signing? And out of ten, what would you score that? Oh, you got to do a ten. You got to do a ten. Ten. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I probably wouldn't disagree. Like you think of how much we paid and what we got. Incredible plan. Yeah. Incredible. So that's Luca Modric at fifteen. Now, uh, uh, fourteen signed for 
just under twenty million pound, the sixteen seventeen season, Vincent Janssen. I now, I mean, I remember when we signed him. Actually, I, I, I thought it, I didn't know too much about him, but I thought that's a good gamble because you know, twenty million pound, not a huge amount of money. Uh, he'd scored a lot of goals in the, the previous season. Um, you, you sort of you search the players up, don't you, when you don't know too much about him, and you see the type of striker he was. And I thought actually, he looks like he'd be decent in the Premier League. He looks like he's got a bit of strength about him, um, and he'd be a good hold-up player, but. It, it just wasn't to be for Vincent Janssen, was it? I, I agree with you. Like you have to take those chances, and and in the time in we when it signed him, what sixteen, seventeen from Alkmaar, twenty million is 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 not a huge amount of money, and we have to go for that. That's what that's the sort of player you have to go for. He was what twenty two when we bought him. Yeah. I think I've, you had to do it. Um, it's crazy considering how much, uh, like. It's crazy considering that's in our top 15 all-time transfers as well, yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, utter failure. I'm, I'm going to put him down at two, a one or two out of ten. Maybe oh. not. I don't know what good he did. I remember being at his debut, which was at home to Crystal Palace, and we, we won 1-0, and Wanyama got a late goal. Um, and he yeah, played so. up front. And, and you know, he was fantastic. And he had a chance in the second half where he's put clean through. And like the whole, I was in the Paxton Road at the time, and everyone was like willing the ball to go in. And it, I mean, it was nearer the corner flag than it was the back of the net, so it was a shame. But um, not a good one. Yeah, I'd probably put him at. I remember putting him a little bit higher than a two. I'd maybe say a four, just given that the investment wasn't absolutely crazy in him. Like we we knew it was going to be a bit of a gamble that yeah. could have gone either way. Um, so that's Vincent Janssen at fourteen. Next on the list, number 13, we signed for £20 million, David Bentley. He's, I think he was 10 years too late. He was, if he was in the earlier years when you could be a bit more renegade and football was just a bit more, like, professional was just a bit more like it was down the park, mm-hmm. I think he would have been amazing. You know, yeah. I think he was just 10 years too late. And he's, he, has, he had an attitude problem, really, for a professional footballer. The, for the footballing side, was never in doubt. But, I mean, you probably saw him more than me. What did you think? Yeah, I, I remember actually being quite excited when we signed him because a lot of the big boys were after him. Um, so I was quite yeah. surprised when we ended up getting him. he just come off that really good season at Blackburn. And I yeah. thought, you know, this guy looks like he's going to be good. There were so many comparisons, wasn't there, with like he's the new David Beckham because, you know, his crossing ability was second yeah. to none. Really was. But he just always lacked that bit of pace for me to be playing in the wide areas. Uh, he just yeah. he could never run in behind. And at, at that time, you know, we were a side that didn't have a lot of the ball. So, yeah. you know, for him, sit, you know, sitting on the halfway line defending and then when we win it, you've got to try and break. It was like it, it didn't it didn't really work. Um, you do have to factor in the incredible goal against Arsenal, which for me is worth two points in this scoring system. Um, yeah, one of the greatest North London derby goals of all time. Just phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Well, especially as he was relatively new to us then, right? And he um, he used to be he used to play for Arsenal. Yeah. So I'm I'm all for that. So yeah, I mean, is he he's better than Janssen was for us, but not much more. Yeah, I think I gave Janssen a, a four, so I'd probably have to give him a Five. You gave Janssen a four. Yeah, because I, you know, I don't, I don't think that it was that bad a deal given what we invested and and what we expected. I don't think anybody thought, you know, Janssen was going to be absolutely phenomenal. Um, but I think there was maybe a little bit more expectation with Bentley. But he probably gave us a little bit more than what Janssen did on the pitch. 
if we look back at it, you know, he was never outstanding, but he probably, if we're comparing the two, like for like, you probably got more out of Bentley than he did Janssen. Um, yeah. So yeah, Bentley at 13. Number 12, signed for £22 million in the 07-08 season from Charlton, is Darren Bent. So, Darren Bent, do you remember in the early days of Twitter, was it DB10 underscore the truth, where it was like the first time anyone went on Twitter before was like no one really knew what it was there for. And then Darren Bent was on there and was like talking about managers and actually telling the truth. And then eventually went off. That was after he left us. Um, Again, you've probably seen more of him live than me, but he, he did the job for us. I thought he was an excellent player. Really, really, yeah. really, you know, like I, he scored a lot of goals for us. If memory's correct, I actually think that he was top scorer in one of our seasons and he was never the first name on the team sheet. Because, you know, you're mm-hmm. thinking that we had Bent, we had Defoe, we had Keane, we had Berbatov. It was, you know, the, the, when everyone played 4-4-2 and everyone had four strikers. And he was always fourth choice. But yeah. he'd always get you a goal, Darren Bent. Um, you could never really question that. His finishing was excellent. It was just the overall game. Um, yeah. When you play four four two, you know you need your centre forwards to really work hard, and there was always that. I think he would put a shift in, but it wasn't his game. His game was playing on the shoulder and just running in behind, and then you put the ball there and he put it in the back of the net near enough every time. Um, so I, I thought he was a good play. You know, he, he led the line for England for a little bit. You know, he was a he was a good good centre forward. Um, so I I think that actually he was he was a pretty good one for us. I'd I'd probably give him a seven. Maybe I'm in a generous yeah, mood, but I'd, I'd, I'd give him a seven. I think we got goals out of him. We got instant return on the transfer fee. Uh, and then we sold him on for a profit, didn't he? Go to, was it Sunderland or was it Villa and then Sunderland? We, anyway, we sold yeah. him on, didn't we, and, and made money. So it was. I, I think he was a good one for us. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with any of it. Now, this next one, at number 11, signed for £23 million pound in the 17-18 season, is Serge Aurier. Clueless. Clueless. <laughs> like uh, Walker, Walker always used to annoy me just because he he always had a game changing error in him, but it was always a mistake that he'd walk with Walker. He would forget to do something or would be in the wrong place. Whereas Aurier, he almost like chooses to do the wrong thing, which is more offensive to me. I just I hate him. Uh, I hate him. Um, the frustrating thing for, for me about Aurier. Uh, it's just the, the 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 level of mistakes, but the repetition of mistake. That's the big. Yeah. That's the, the yeah. where I'm like, I don't think that this guy can get better because he's making the same mistakes over and over and over. Like I compare him to somebody like Sissoko, who is higher up on this list, who had a, a pretty horrific first season for us. But he went. Aw- he clearly went away and looked at himself and thought, you know what, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. I'm going to stop putting myself in situations where I can make these mistakes. Whereas Aurier doesn't do that, does he? Let's be honest. And you know, you, no. you watch us this season, and any team, the game plan for any opposition is down that side. It's just if you can get Aurier, you're going to create chance after chance after chance. So, I mean, 23 million PSG must be laughing. They really must. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think that's been a. I think it's been a really bad signing, especially where we've had Carl Walker before, who you mentioned, who was at such a great level. We've really seen mm-hmm. that position drop massively, and in the modern day, the the fullbacks are so important, aren't they? So uh, that's been a uh, that's been a real bad one for me, Aurier. Yeah, and it's come at a time where we need our fullbacks just to be strong. And we'll come on to our, after this. I wouldn't mind just going back and just highlighting some ones that are out the top fifteen, but yeah. are just really, really good value. Um, and we'll hear about another fullback at that point. But yeah, I'm giving Aurelia a one 
slightly better than Janssen just because he has done a job and that you know he's he's apart from the mistakes he's very solid you know he's not just a terrible player he's he's pretty solid he just it's those errors which are so frustrating because you can see that they could be taken out of this game. That's yeah. the bit that annoys me. Yeah, and, and you know what? Going forward, the guy can put a cross in. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But, you know, you're better off playing him on the wing than you are in defence, aren't you? You know, that, that's, that's yeah. what we're at. I'd, I'd give Aurier a, a, a four, to be honest. It's not, okay. not been quite one. Next up, we're into the top ten now. Uh, signed from Fulham for £25 million pounds or £24 million, pounds, Ryan Sessignon. What do you think? Well, I think it's it's difficult to judge him at the moment. Now, when we yeah. signed him, I was actually I was really excited when we got Sessignon. I'm still excited that he plays for us, but my expectation was not that we were going to get an immediate return and a player that was going to go straight into the first team. I didn't I didn't think that he would feature that much. I thought he'd been given a season to settle in. Um, we've seen glimpses this season. I think to the back to you know the the buy and away game where he scored and, and played well, and there's been glimpses for me that there is a player there. I'm not particularly fan of him when he plays left-back. I think you need to get him higher up the pitch at the moment. Um, but he's 19 years old. I, I think that there is a player in there. It's just whether or not uh, Mourinho is able to coach it, coach him and get him to a level where we're, we're really happy. So I'd probably say for him, I'd, I'd give him a five at the minute because I don't really know how else to judge him other than to just say yeah. we've not given him enough time yet. That's it. It's, it's that's exactly right. I think five is perfect. We don't know what anything about him yet. He's nineteen is so young. Like he's got he's got fifteen years ahead of him in his career. Uh, hopefully, he'll be with us for a long time. But he's got time to develop. Um, I'm not sure if he's a Mourinho type player though. That's my only worry for him. And so. <clears throat> Like essentially, he should be playing as much football as he can, and he hasn't played anything this this year, and yeah. that worries me a little bit. But yeah, five five cool. Yeah. And then <laughs> in ninth position, signed from PSG for twenty six million pounds, seventeen eighty season is Lucas Mora. Oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's really tough because I just I literally watched about an hour ago the the road to the Champions League final, and yeah. he scored a hat trick to take us into the Champions League final and there are Spurs fans who will remember that for the rest of their lives yeah. every single person there has, will have had their life changed yeah. we both went to a Champions League final to watch Spurs we may never get a chance to go we've had our lives changed and memories with our family because solely because of that man Yeah, and you know what for and, £25 million pound, I think he's been an excellent signing I know that there's a lot of players that, uh, sorry, there's a lot of fans that say that they're not a massive fan of him, that he's not consistent enough, and I, I, I definitely agree with that because he, he has game, you know, four or five games where we don't really see him, and then he, he somehow turns to calling and he's brilliant again. But if you're thinking about twenty-five million pounds, if he was to be sold this summer, how much money he would go for? Do you know what I mean? You'd be, you'd be near enough doubling that, wouldn't you? For, in how crazy the markets are, I think so. I'm not sure. I I'm really so. not sure. He's Excuse me, sorry. He's about 27, 28. So this, he's got one big move left in him. But where would he go? Because I'm, I'm not sure we get much more back from him. You know, I, think he I don't for, know where he plays. For, for, you know what? For me, he's like ability-wise, like on a similar, in a similar kind of level of like Zaha. Like I feel like they're very similar type players. That they're quite unpredictable. They can turn a game on their own and be a game winner. But then also they have gamers where you just don't see them. Um, so I, you know what I think for how much we've paid for him for what he's given us in 
what a couple of seasons. I, I, I'm going to score him an eight. I think that's. I think he's been a really good signing for us. I'll give him a six. I'm, I'm a harsher marker, you know, because uh, yeah. five should be year average. He's above average for me, but I'm going to give him a six, which is pretty good. Now we move on to eighth in the list, which uh, this player was signed 15-16 season, 27 million from Bayer Leverkusen. Sonny. Ten. I'm real player, really. I know you've got a bit of beef with him on in terms of how um, if he, uh, if how accurate he is with the shooting or whatever, he, or um, how well he converts. But I, honestly, he can play anywhere across the front three. He doesn't play centre forward that well, but he's he's not centre forward. He he can change a game. He's one of the few players we've got with multiple abilities in terms of dribbling and shooting. He can pass. He's selfish. I quite like that. We haven't got many selfish players. I. And if you talk, spoke about which players would go for more, like 27 million, he could easily go for 80 million to, to most teams. I think he might actually be our best player, but I don't want to say that too loud. Um, this I, is I, 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 I agree with what you've said, to be honest. I think for, for 27 million pounds, that's been an, he's been an incredible return. His first season, he, he wasn't great, but he's really has turned a corner and, and stepped up and been a massive player for us. Um, yeah, my my only criticism with him is, and I, I liken him really. I think his level at the moment is where Mane was about eighteen months ago, and then Mane's mm. just gone to another level with his with his goals. You know, he scores yeah. he's scoring twenty five league goals, isn't he? And it, you know, and that I think that's the only thing with Son. I think if he could become a little bit more clinical for us, I think he could be one of the best players in Europe, which is an incredible incredible statement. But I think that's the only thing that sets him apart from those players that you would say are absolutely elite. But, I mean, we've we've got such a brilliant player there. We really have the, the work rate, um, what he brings to the team, the blistering pace. He's, so he's, he's yeah. a sensational player, he really is. He's a very modern player, you know. I think we'll see more players like him coming out of places that aren't big traditional, like football hotbeds. Like, I don't think you'd see many players like this out of Brazil where it's all about flair and your personality. Yeah. This has to come from a place where you just have to work incredibly hard. Um, what I would say is I, I think the comparison of Mane is tough because Mane plays in a front three, whereas he was son is purposefully just back in a 4-2-3-1. I think if you swapped Sun and Mane, I think Sun would be even more prolific and Mane would struggle more than Sun does. Do you know what I mean? I think think it's interesting and I I hope that we see Sun, uh, you know, in a a system that allows him to at least have that opportunity to to score more goals. But he's he's been brilliant for us and you think if we hadn't have had him for the last couple of seasons where we would end up being, you know, that would be a a worry. I'm going to give him a nine. Um, big game player. I haven't, I haven't given player. him a ten just because uh, there's just that little seed of doubt for me just on the conversion stuff, which just sets him aside from. You now I've given Modric a ten. I don't know if I can give him a ten as well. Yeah. But brilliant player. Then we move on to the player in seven, signed for twenty-seven mil from Roma, Eric Lamella. Six seasons ago, twenty-seven million pounds. I'm bored of waiting. What Lamella is brilliant at coming on, coming on 60 minutes, 70 minutes, and he will change the energy of a game and he will bring aggression and passion and he loves being here. And you can't swap that. There's some form of leadership in there. I think he might be brilliant. I, I think he's, there's a bit of me which just wants something more. Like I don't, he couldn't play. There's a lot of teams he couldn't play for, you know, above us, yeah. but he's brilliant as a, 
bench player. He doesn't seem to complain. He seems to like playing for us. And you think of all the different managers he's played under, he's found a place underneath them, and that's quite a big deal, I think. He's found his the way to work with them. So it's 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 six of one half dozen of another. So I'm going to give him I'm going to give him a six, and that Rabona goal. You know, it's always annoyed me just because yeah, just just hit it hit it with your right foot. Don't yeah. Rabona it, but. I think I'd like him a lot as a person, you know. Yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm done with waiting. To be honest with Lamella now, um, yeah. you mentioned six seasons, and it's it's the same every year. <coughs> excuse me, which is frustrating. It's that pre-season is brilliant. We go into the start of the season in August, and he goes on a run of five or six games, and you think, here we go. This is the player that we bought, and then he gets injured, and we don't see him again until February. And that that really has been the story of his time with us. Yeah. Um, I think the difficulty with him is. I don't think there'd be many sides that would want to buy him because he, he never plays. If you're talking about ability, we've always said this about Lamella, he's got all the ability in the world, but you know, you've got to play, haven't you, to you know, be a good footballer and, and I think that it I think that we were at a point now with him where it's just sort of you've been here long enough, it hasn't worked. And he, he, you know, I think that he's, he must be thinking the same as well, where he he must be thinking, you know, I'm going to go on to something different now. I've been here long enough and it's not quite clicked for me. Um, maybe it's time to move on. So I'd, I'd give him a five. I don't think that he's been particularly great for us. I can't, I can't think back to many games where I've been like, Lamella was incredible. There's moments in games where he's done stuff, but I can't think of games where it's like he's absolutely bossed an opponent. Um, no, so yeah, five, a five for me. For me, he's Europa League level. Yeah, I yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think the same. To be honest, he's not. He's not a bad player, but it's just not quite what we need anymore. No. Uh, sixth place, signed from Valencia in the thirteen fourteen season, Roberto Soldado. There's not much difference from him, and the only difference between him and Jensen are penalties, really. <laughs> um, but. Trans loved him, and the time thirteen fourteen that was AVB when we were playing really boring football, and it was like he broke in front of us, like he came over as this like really nasty sharpshooter, like ruthless killer Spanish guy, and it just never worked out for him. Uh, I just you could see he was trying, but something was wrong with him, and we had to move him on. So it was, I think ultimately it, it's the same as Jansen. It was a good, it seemed like a good deal, and then something was just wrong. Yeah, I, you know what? I remember when we signed him, and of all the players we've talked about so far, he's the most excited I've been about any of these players that we signed. Because I knew a little bit about him. He'd just come off the back of scoring 25, 30 goals in La Liga. He was proven yeah, true. in the Champions League. And I thought, you know what? This is this is the player that, that we've been lacking. This is the guy that's going yeah. to take us to the next level. And um, I remember his debut again against Crystal Palace away. He scored a penalty, but his all-round yeah. play was good. And I thought, you know, we've got we've got a player here. Um, but I don't know if it was the Premier League didn't suit him or just our style of football at the time wasn't for him. But he he just wasn't good with his back to goal. That was the problem. No. You, you know, if you put the ball on a plate, you'd finish it every time. The similar type of player to Darren Bent. If you gave him an opportunity, he would score. But at the time and in the Premier League, you often, especially if you're up front on your own, you need a lot more than just just the goals. Yeah, I remember. Do you remember? He, I think it was Cardiff when he he scored, and they came over to the south stand. It was right in front of me. I was with my brother, and um, 
he came over, he scored an Adebayor, like beckoned the whole team over to come and celebrate. And you could hear the crowd were celebrating more than normal because it was Bobby who scored. And it, you, you knew then that it was bad luck, but it meant so much that it was just this goal. And it didn't feel like it was breaking a duck. It felt like it was just, you know, the one time it had happened and it wasn't yeah. going to happen again. It just, and it was amazing how much the crowd loved him. And the, there were times when, I can't, there was another player as well who, I think it might have been Pav. It was Pav, where Pav, um, we, we got a penalty and Pav skied it and the crowd instantly started singing the Super Pav song. Yeah. And it, 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 it was just like, we just support you. And it's nice. It was lovely to hear. And it was the same with Bobby. And, you know, he still follows us. He still yeah. is always tweeting about us and stuff. And that's, it's lovely. He just, ultimate, ultimately, if you take everything into consideration, it's a three, three out of ten for me. Yeah, and you've got you've got to score him a point higher than Janssen, haven't you? Because like you said, like you said yeah. the difference was he did score a few goals. They just all happened to be penalties. Um, yeah. Shame it didn't work out there. Uh, in fifth place, we've got Steven Bergwijn, uh, signed from PSV uh, in January. Again, I think this is another one that is quite soon to judge him. But what I've seen yeah. so far from him, I, I think that there's going to be a player there as well. Um, he looks like the type of player that is good on the counter-attack. He can dribble, he can shoot... Um, he's scored a couple of goals for us already. He's a big, strong boy as well. Um, yeah. so I, I think that he'll end up being pretty good, but I, I probably have to score him at a five as well, just again for the same reasons that it's too soon to do anything more than that. But I think that he could actually go on to be quite a good player for us. Yeah. Six, just because of that goal against City on his debut. Amazing. To, to break. And that was amazing. And... As well. What a weird celebration, but brilliant. Yeah, I don't get that. Um, and it, it's coming at a time when we really needed... Like the last thing we really needed was an attacking midfielder, but he came and paced again, and it's just exciting. It's it's been a while since we had a really exciting player, and that that's exciting. Yeah, and we move on to the player in fourth, who is absolutely loved by the fans at the moment. Signed from Real Betis, oh, it's uh, Giovanni yeah. Lacelso. Now, th- for me, this 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 guy's a class act. He, he really is. He looks like he's a he's a real Spurs player for me. He's got that yeah. style. He's got that swagger. He's maybe a little bit lightweight. Um, but it's everything really that I think you'd associate with a, a Spurs player. And um, we signed him as an attacking midfielder, but for me, he's looked so so good just in the middle of the pitch for us, dictating play, dribbling past people, spraying 40, 50 yard passes, getting goals, getting assists. Up, you know, I, I think he's been really really good. And again, I think about how bad we would be this season if we hadn't have had him in there. Oh yeah, he's he's been absolutely brilliant. Like I just that. If I was a manager, I would have loved him. And he came in on loan, worked super hard. And if you think the the one player who's been so consistent this year is is him, doesn't seem to get injured. I I love this man. Honestly, I think he he could be up there as one of the most important players. I do. You know what? I I just I see so much good in him. And you're right about him having him slightly deeper because it gives him more space to work with. I I I love this boy. I think he's brilliant. And he's so young. Like he's only 24. He's yeah. brilliant. He looks like he's really. I'd I'd give him an eight to be honest, and that and that is yeah. an early rating as well because he's not even had a season yet. But I think he's going to be really really important for us. He's the reason I'm not sad we didn't sign Bruno Fernandez. Like obviously I'd like to have signed him the, Man, the new Man United player, but I think he they, those two would get in their way, and I'm perfectly fine with you. Yeah, and then we go to third in the list. Time from Newcastle, Musa Sissoko. £31.5 million. Now, when we signed Musa Sissoko, it sort of came out of nowhere. And I was quite surprised because he didn't seem like a Tottenham signing when we brought him in. 
and I thought that's a bit weird. It was a deadline day. It it felt to me like it was a bit of a panic buy on deadline day um, yeah. when we brought him in. And his first season, he he was really really poor. And I think most fans, including myself, were just written him off after that that year and just thought we just need to get rid of this guy, cut your losses. You know he, he he's no good. But fair play to him because he he has gone away. He's worked his game. He's simplified his game. And I think that when we've watched him play over the last 18 months, he knows what his limitations are now. And he doesn't try anything fancy. And I do think that that is what's made him become a really important player for us. There's, Of course, there's still a case that you know he can't shoot. And when he's in the final third, he's, he's pretty hopeless. But at least he knows that now. And he doesn't try and do anything crazy. Um, but he's so great at breaking play up and just driving through the heart of the midfield. Um, so it's a mixed bag for me, Sissoko, because you look at how much we paid for him and he's our third most expensive player. Um, but again, last season, if we hadn't have had him, we would have been in real, real trouble. Um, I know he's not. you're not the biggest fan of him because of his limitations, but I do think that without him, we would have been in trouble. So I'm, I'm going to give him a six because I think he's been really useful for us. But the fee that we paid... You know, and the limitations that he's got. You do want more out of your, your third most expensive player, um, but he has done a job for us. Yeah, I, I can't argue. He, he's got a lot better. He still can't really shoot or pass, but he does an amazing job in the middle of the pitch. And we've actually missed him. I think, like, if you have a look at the, the Leipzig, at least the first game where we got over in the midfield, I don't think it would have been as bad if he was there. I'm just having a look at like United. Um, record transfers. Their third most expensive transfer of all time is Romelu Lukaku at 76. Mm. You know, and we've finished above them for season upon season. You have to go all the way down to their 18th, 19th, 20th, their 20th for Lindelof uh, for for the same price. So that's the di- that's the difference in what what we're doing, the game we're playing versus them. And so I I I've come around to Sissoko. You know, I, when I was talking about. Romelu Lukaku or two and a half Musa Sissokos? What am I going to do with half a Sissoko? Right. He's already half a player already. Yeah, that's, that's not what I'm asking. <laughs> I'd rather have Lukaku. Yeah, fair, I would as well. Um, that's Sissoko in third. Uh, second place, uh, signed from Ajax for £36 million, Davinson Sanchez. I think it's important to have context here. So he's, he was 21 when we signed him two seasons ago, but he was our most expensive signing ever and we needed a centre-back. And I'm not sure. I'm really not sure about him. Um, I've, I've, I'm running out of patience with him just because it's been two years. I, I don't know what, what he's doing. I don't see him improving. He's to, he, he makes an error, like a penalty-level error, a lot. Yeah. And it worries me. Yeah, I, I, when we signed him, to be honest, I didn't really know anything about him um, and watched him play. And I think when we first saw him that first season, you looked at him and you thought, there's a player in there, but at the minute he's quite raw. Um, and there'd be moments of brilliance, but then he was quite naive, I thought, in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do like about Davidson Sanchez is he's a front foot defender. He wants to yeah. be aggressive. And if the ball's going into a, player's, a striker's feet, He's not letting that happen, you know. You're not going to bully him. Um, he's very aggressive, and and I do like that in the centre half. I, I hate centre backs that are on the back foot, you know, and and let strikers um, dictate play and dominate them. Whereas like you don't get that with Sanchez. But then the flip side to that type of defender is it can be rash and he can give fouls away and he can make errors. 
Um, I, yeah. I still think that there is a decent player in there. He's probably not kicked on to the level that anybody had won, you know, anybody had expected him to be at. Now I think we'd all we all would have thought two years ago he'd be better now than what he is. Um, yeah. But again, new coach down. You know, Joe, Jose is an excellent defensive coach, even though we're not improving defensively this season. But you'd like to think if anybody can sort of teach him the the arts of football. Um, especially from a defensive point of view, that he's the man. So I think overall he's been a good signing for us. I know there's a lot of fans that don't like him, um, but the argument there is okay. Like if you were to get rid of Sanchez, what centre halves could you then go and bring in that would be a step up that realistically you yeah. can go and get? And he's not, he, he's far from a world class centre half, but I think he's I think he's a good squad player to have for us at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah, so I, I'm, 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 quite, I'm quite happy with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, for 36 mil again. If he was if he was up for if Ajax had him now at the moment and he was on the market he'd definitely be going for more than thirty six million given how bonkers yeah. it all is so you know he's young he's still got to get to the peak of his career being a defender so I, I hope that the best is still to come from Sanchez so I'd I'd give him a seven because I I think that he's been decent for us as well yeah I'll give him a six just he's 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 fine he's I'm giving him a five he's what I expected him like he's I've, I'm hoping for more but I'm, we've got time. So yeah. I'm cool with it. And now we're at the top of the list now. Number Ooh. one, our most expensive signing of all time, Tangai and Dembele, signed from Leon. What are your thoughts on him so far? Well, recently, he just he is a he right now he's he's a disappointment and he's been called out by Mourinho. Uh, he's been called out by Carragher. Um, he's 22 again. He's a he's a young 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 man. He just needs to sort his attitude out because. That boy can play when he's on the ball. It's like it's like Dembele, but he like what we loved about Musa Dembele in his ability to go around players, but then a bit more speed and a bit more. I don't know. He's he's like Musa Dembele one point five. He could be he could be world class from a from an attacking point of view. He he's got those passes in his locker that maybe Musa Dembele didn't have. Um, mm. He really can play it through the Ivan Needle, but then from a defensive point of view, he just—I don't know. I—I'm—I'm I'm really on the fence of Indebelli because I hate writing players off, um, especially you know he's a young man. He's moved to a, a country that he's never lived in before, new culture, new language, all of the stuff that comes with that. Which I've never done that, so I can't relate to how challenging that must be. But when you're wanted by all of the top sides in Europe which he was last summer you know Real Madrid wanted him City wanted him there wasn't a side in Europe that wouldn't have had him and when we signed him you know all of the top journalists across Europe were saying Tottenham have got a real player here this is a game changer for them we were all so excited we were all thinking right this is the midfield player that we've lacked for the last couple of seasons that really can take us to the next level Um, and I think the thing that's been so frustrating about him is that we have seen glimpses of brilliance but it's it's nowhere near enough at the moment. Nowhere near enough. You know you have to you have to run back in football when you lose the ball. You've got to stay with your runners. You've got to make tackles. You've got to compete, and that's just you know the absolute basics of football at any level. And once you once yeah. you've done that, then you can see the best side of him. And I just worry that you know it's been nearly a season. I can't think of many players. Sissoko probably being the only one for Spurs that's had such a bad first season that's then turned it around and become, you know, a real top player. That's my worry. Um, we'll have to see, but it, it, he's been so disappointing for me because I really did think that he was going to be the player that, that kicked us on. So I'd probably have to give him a four um, just because yeah. 
I, I think part of that's expectation as well. When you spend that amount of money on a player, you do expect an instant return. But unfortunately, yeah. it's not happened for him so far. For me, it's that three or four, because purely because it's that classic thing of if there was any fan on the pitch, the, the, the thing they would do is just run their heart out. And that's the minimum you'd expect from a professional. He hasn't done that. Um, can I just go back and just give you, outside the top 15, signings that were 9 or 10 out of 10 um, very quickly? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give you Toby Alderweireld at 14 mil. I, you can't argue with that. He's been with us since... 2015. Yeah, brilliant player. Real, real top centre half. Like you know, yeah. up, up there with Ledley is the best centre half that I've seen play for Spurs. Gareth Bale at 13 mil. Massive risk for 13 mil at 17, but um, well, buying a left back for 30, a 17 year old left back for 13 million, but then goes on to be the most expensive player in the world. Like that's a 10 out of 10 signing for me. Yeah, Ericsson, Ericsson for 12 million. Um, uh, when he was 21, absolutely brilliant. Um, and the other one I had, so I think, well, all three of these, Ben Davis, Hugo and Supian for 11 million. I think you can't argue with any of those. Ben Davis is super consistent. He's been with us five years now and there's, there's very few mistakes he makes. Yeah. I think he's very consistent. You know what? They've all been really, really good buyers for us. You know, you, the, oh, Ericsson being the main one for me that I know there's still a lot of fans that are annoyed with Ericsson, but I think he's he uh, he was probably a nine for us if we're doing this scoring system for them. Um, Harrison's a ten, mate. For, for what we paid for us. Um, he, he was he was brilliant, and we still miss him now. You know, you watch us this season since he's gone, and, and we still look for that player that's going to do something with the ball. He, he was a fantastic player for us. Uh, the final one, if I asked you which is the most excited you've ever been about a signing, nine point four five million in two thousand and ten. Last day of the transfer window, Rafa van der Vaart. You know what? That's not the most excited I've been about a transfer. He's one of my favourite players, van der Vaart. But the most excited I've ever been was when we re-signed Robbie Keane. <laughs> I should have guessed that one. That was, I, lo- I absolutely love Robbie Keane. He was such a brilliant striker. Um, everything that I love about football was was summed up in Robbie Keane and I was gutted when he left and I remember putting Sky Sports News on in the January window and there was footage of him back at Spurs Lodge when it was up at Chigwell Um, and I was just so happy that he was returning he was was such a brilliant player but Van der Vaart I mean anyone that's listened to this pod for more than one episode uh, because I can't go that long talking about him know how much I love Van der Vaart Just just a sexy footballer so I'm also going to give Delhi a ten or nine for for only five mil. But can I ask you my final one? Adebayor, five point seven million. What would you give to that one? Oh, because that's a real good question. For he didn't cost us a lot, but when he moved permanently, he was poor. It was the the year uh, he spent yeah. on loan. He was yeah. he was quality. He really was quality for us. And I I still think that. Adebayor on the top of his game is up there with as good a striker as you're going to get. The guy had it all. He was strong. He was quick. He could play. He could run in behind. He could link. He could link up with midfielders. He was good in front of goal. He literally was the complete striker. But he was always best when he was having to prove a point or play for a contract. That was the problem with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that season where we had him on loan, he he was so good. I, you know what? I'd I'd give him a 
I'd probably give him a seven because at the time he was really, really good for us, but it ended up becoming really, really ugly. It did. There were times where he was unplayable. There was games against Liverpool. The goal he scored against Chelsea, well, I think we drew 2-2, two two and I think yeah. Sigurdsson scored again. He was just unreal. And they, like, then, do you remember the penalty um, in the oh, Europa oh, League? To oh, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh <laughs> that was awful. Like, you were watching it on telly because it was an away game, wasn't it, in Europe? <laughs> yeah. And you couldn't see where the ball had gone. It was it was that <laughs> far over. Like, if there'd have been a goal on top of the goal, he still would have missed. It was bizarre. You're more annoyed about having to go into work or see any Arsenal fan the next day. Yeah. More than going out. That's the problem with that. And he got the red card, didn't he, at Arsenal? Do you remember that? Yeah. In one of the five twos where he just went in recklessly and got sent off and you just thought, what are you doing? Uh, And he got red carded, was it two days ago as well, for kicking someone in the head? (laughs) Anyway, anyway. Mate, we spent 40 minutes not talking about Tottenham. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I think that, to be fair, this is probably why we've enjoyed the pod so much today. Um, but the, the weird situation we're in at the moment is all the Premier League has been suspended um, until at least April, they're saying, due to coronavirus. And there's talk of, you know, is the season going to become void? Or are we just going to have to push everything back? Like, what would you, what do you think it would be the best thing, one for Spurs and, and two for football at the moment? Just cancel it. Give it to Liverpool, whatever. Oh, but it's not fair. It's hard, isn't it? It's unprecedented. Um, you have to ca- like you have to go safety first, and we the reports are it's probably not going to peak until June. So you have to cancel it. You have to cancel it and just go. It's null and void. No one's going because the Bundesliga. They the rumours are they're going to cancel it. No one's going to get relegated. The current top four are going to get pushed for Champions League, and then next year they're going to relegate five or something. Oh. Um, yeah right. So, but I'm all for there's that. no. I'm all for. I, no. I think. I think this is an opportunity for football to go mental. <laughs> yeah. and just let's just start now introducing absolutely absurd um, rules and that into it. Like let's just have. Let's start doing ten up, ten down. You know the bottom <laughs> half goes down. That would be incredible. That you know. Ah. Ima- imagine what that would be. That would be chaos. Well, let, let's. So we've obviously got you know two or three weeks now so we need to ask the listeners what they want us to talk about um, and we'll do proper research and stuff so do you want to talk, us talk about specific games or profiles and players or whatever but I guess my question is what would and I'll speak, talk to you about it next week Jack what would you what rule would you change now to be introduced permanently so would you have a playoff for to win the Premier League so between the first and second finishers or would you change the offside rule or what rule would you change to come in from next season? That's good. You know what? I I love one-off finals, right? And the championship yeah. playoff final is such an amazing um, it's great, thing to watch it? because it's, it's so tense. I would love to see something introduced where it was almost a... They do it in a lot of the other leagues where it, like the, the, the side at the, towards the bottom of the Premier League has a playoff against the side at the top of the championship and that's like one team oh, could yeah. go down but the other team could get promoted or, or whatever you know and that is that is so tense so I'd love to see something like that and I feel like that's quite a practical thing that we could introduce and then on the, the crazy side and I put this in our WhatsApp group the other day just a 10 minute spell where all goals count treble would be just <laughs> that, that would take great, football it? to another level it really would can you imagine just between like minutes 25 and 35 everything is times three 
and it's just like everyone would just be all out of attack, wouldn't they? Just going mad for those 10 minutes. Or you'd have teams that, you know, the Tony Pulis teams of the world that are like, we cannot concede in this 10-minute spell. So yeah, yeah. everyone's just in the box. Uh, it My, would be carnage. My mum always hated penalties, right? And so her suggestion was, rather than do take it to penalties, you just take one player off every two minutes until you have, like, you're just knackered and it's three on three with a full-size pitch. But that would get interesting because then the fitness, like Kante, would just be the most expensive player in the world. Um, but I also, I'd bring in six-second penalties, you know, the six-second shootout where you start on the edge of the um, centre circle and you've got six seconds to oh, run. Oh, no, they did that score. in the States, didn't they? And it's in one Nassau, of the yeah. weirdest things. <laughs> oh, mate, I used to do it in soccer school with the kids and I loved it. It's so strange. Or just imagine, like, you know, with, with kids' football, you, you must play the numbers game, right, where you've got, like, five or six on each team, you number them all one to six, you throw the ball in the middle and shout yeah. them and they go, let's bring yeah. that into the Premier League. Oh, that'd be so good, wouldn't it? just gets the ball, you know, the home team sat on one, so sat behind one goal, the away team sat behind the other. Number four, and then the players just run out, and it, it's just crazy one-beat-ones. That would be yeah. insane. Um, let's, do, let's do a big feature on that next week, because I could talk for hours about how crazy you could make football. Fine, and we but we want the listeners uh, to contribute as well. Yeah, let us know uh, what you'd like to. Let us know what changes you would make as well, and like the crazier the better, definitely. Can I? Uh, so the brief I got from Jack uh, was to be positive. Can I have my my ten seconds of negativity? Am I allowed that? Go on, you can go. Uh, I can just edit it out. <laughs> this is the worst I've ever seen Spurs. This is it's absolutely dreadful. We've got no plan going forward. We've got no plan at the back. No basics. Nothing's improved. Um, I don't think Pochettino was the right person to see us through. I know some people want him back, and I'm not having to go at anyone there. I just the more I think about it, the more his hands were um, tied behind his back. In which case, if he wasn't trusted by the management, he wouldn't be able to do much now. If we could get him back and he, he was given permission to do a full squad refresh, I'd take him back in a heartbeat. But obviously he wasn't. Um, but he is um, still contracted with us, right? So the, it, it could be easier to do than not. But I think this Mourinho is a failed experiment. He must be what I'm up there with our most expensive transfers of all time. And I would say he's a, he's a two or a three. He's already now He's doing what Harry did at the end, where he's talking about they, and he's talking more about himself. It's like, you know, his most recent thing was, I I don't um, go to clubs and not win trophies. I'm not going to let Spurs be one of them. It's all about him. And I just, I it's just horrible watching Spurs at the moment. And there's so many people who are not going to renew their season tickets. And it's a real worry for me where we are now, because we need major investment. And that's going to take a hell of a lot of money. And I just, I don't see it, because it's unlikely we're going to be in the Champions League. So not only are we not going to have the money, but who's going to want to come to us? It's a real, like... And I, I think this was always coming, like three, we should have seen this three or four years ago, but it's a real problem, this for me. Do you feel better now? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've uh, my life is way more complex than it was six years ago, just from everything that's happening. So my, my the amount of energy I've got to devote to Spurs has, has waned recently, but it's it's... It's it's awful. I'd much rather be in the AVB years. Is there anyone out there who'd rather be in where we are now than in the AVB years? I'd be interested to hear why. I'd I'd rather be where we are now than than the AVB. Seriously. Definitely. Definitely. We've got Harry Kane in our side. We've got we you know think about the players that we that we have got that are absolutely quality. We've got that incredible stadium. We have got one of the most successful ever managers. 
in the game managing us. I don't, I, whilst, yes, it's bad and it's a struggle, I think that there's a lot of teams that are having very, very similar experiences to us at the moment. So I take your points that it is bad. I'm not particularly enjoying it this season. But then I didn't particularly enjoy it last season. It was just masked by the Champions League run. So yeah. it's bad. It could get a hell of a lot worse. It will get better. Whatever does happen, future's bright. Future's lily white. Future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised, until today, just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.